Hey, it's Neil. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Paranormally Speaking. This is the first week of November. Halloween was awesome. Uh, if you have uh, any information on how you dressed for Halloween, what your theme was, or if you visited anything cool, creepy, or scary, say just a fun haunted house, or did some paranormal exploring of your own, uh, some investigations, go ahead and send me any pictures or cool stories to my email at parksparanormal at gmail.com. And you can always find me on pretty much every social format by entering keywords at the Neil Parks. I'm ready to hear any cool comments, questions, or complaints if you have any. Any suggestions for improving the show, of course, are always welcome. And like I said, this is the first week of November. Now the next holiday arriving will be Thanksgiving. Not necessarily paranormally related, but it's kind of a way just to sit back and relax from all the hustle and the bustle of the Halloween season. Great way to just sit back and appreciate the family and be thankful for everything that we've been blessed with. So go ahead, sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of what I have to offer for this week's episode of Paranormally Speaking. They go bump in the night. Our buddy Neil Parks from Circleville, or I'm sorry, from Chillicothe was here uh, just about a week ago. And in over the last couple of years, he's, he's given us like the lowdown on some serious haunted areas and, and different mythological creatures that people are talking about. So uh, by popular demand, I wanted to play a couple of these. And uh, here's Neil. Play cut two here, Rick. Uh, this is Neil telling a story about the Hillsboro mass murderer. Check this out. Well, there's allegedly a guy in uh, the Hillsboro area who was yeah. said to have killed 30-something people. And on his birthday every year, he reveals another victim. And that's what's keeping him out of solitary confinement. And allegedly, the sheriff's department in that area is keeping him in the jail itself, not an actual uh, populated prison. Because he's worked out a deal to where on his birthday he release, uh, releases the name of a new victim. And his property is said to be haunted by at least 17 victims. That, and he owned a uh, auto body shop, like a garage. And he was killing these people and burying them on the property of the garage and throughout different parts of, of the region. This supposedly happened in the 80s and he's still alive. And they're keeping him in the county... Uh, the sheriff's jail sale, essentially the prison that they're not within uh, the regular population currently. Yeah, that's the story I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like. Can we call them and say, "Hey, is so and so there?" Because I'd like to find out what's going on, man. <laughs> yeah, why is that guy not in prison? Yeah. <laughs> so that's the story of the Hillsboro mass murderer. Oh, okay. And this is our buddy Neil Parks. What'd you say, Rick? Cut three. One or three. Either one. All right, so this is uh, talking about the Moonville Tunnel here in Ohio. Check this out. Uh, the Moonville Tunnel. Uh, there are two places you can go in particular to get directions. I suggest getting directions to it online. It's a lot better. But there's one gas station. Uh, it's not open anymore, but back in the day when I would go there frequently, it was a Ma and Pa gas station that was very reminiscent of um, Captain Spaulding. Oh, you my God. There, so. oh, Rest in peace, by you, the way. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I miss it. And and uh, you'd go, get directions, and he'd be like, oh, there's a rusted bus down to the right, and then you got to take a left at the old tree that's been burnt out, and there's a dead bird in there. It was kind of like, <laughs> get directions like that. Sure. But the legit gas station that is there and operates frequently, they give really good directions. In fact, they have uh, little maps there you can take for free, and it will give you directions on how to get uh, to that area. I believe the name of the road starts with an R. God, I can't remember now. Uh, I never actually drove there myself. I always ride with people because I have terrible night vision. So uh, they normally drive at night. And when you go to this area, it's a tunnel that's been 
graffiti uh, out the wazoo. There's spray paint everywhere. Of course, people are putting um, spray paint and writing Hail Satan, but they spell it Satin. So, <laughs> Hail Satin, I, I, does I guess. does not have the same yeah, does effect, not. guys. I like Satin. Yeah, Hail Satin. Hail so, Satin, me too. It's so soft. <laughs> yeah. So, you got that and all these inverted crosses, just people screwing around, and then you've got local folks saying, oh, Satanists are up there meeting, but that's not So, it's kind of like the Mothman thing. Yeah. In it's that all area. Like a lot of local Ohio, lore. West Virginia. And there's a ghost of a lantern man that Ooh. walks up and down the tunnel who died headless? on the train track. He is said to be headless. Mm, gotta have my lantern man headless. Alright, there you go. Neil Parks, one of our buddies that is a specialist when it comes to things that are all things paranormal in the state of Ohio and some mythological creatures uh, when it comes to Bigfoot and things like that. We'll uh, hear from him uh, tomorrow. Talk about Bigfoot a little bit as we get closer and closer to Halloween. Next Paranormal. The word paranormal denotes experiences that are outside the norm and beyond scientific explanation. Even so, these events from supernatural phenomena to extrasensory perception to ghosts, aliens, and UFOs take on a life of their own in pop culture. That's where live science comes in. The reporters dig into the latest paranormal news to debunk and even explain the science of what's really causing these seemingly supernatural. Related topics to this, that being aliens, religion, life's little mysteries, so on and so forth. Live science is an excellent resource to go through. Fear of the dark. It's a common fear that so many people share. It's a common one. One of the reasons darkness can be so scary is that our eyes tend to play tricks on us when the lights are low, a jacket hanging on the door can easily morph into what looks like a person, or a pillow stuffed under your blankets can appear as someone lurking in your bed. Sometimes it's easy to debunk these visions as your imagination. Um, thank goodness, I guess. But what if you saw something shadowy that wasn't a trick of light? Dark, shadowy humanoid figures. Figures like these are actually known as shadow people. And to many people who have studied them or experienced them firsthand, they are very real and extremely terrifying. Ever had the experience of reading or watching television when suddenly from the periphery of your vision, you see what appears to be a shadowy figure moving in the room, even for a moment? Again, it's easy to chalk these experiences to your eye playing tricks on you or the reflection of a passing car. But countless people around the world have reported eerily similar sightings, some of them highly specific. Thus, the mystery of the shadow people has captivated the minds of paranormal friends everywhere. So exactly what are shadow people and how real can they possibly be? The term used to describe these alleged beings was apparently coined by author Heidi Hollis, who has penned several books on paranormal phenomena. Shadow people have been around since the beginning of time and are a dark influence upon society, Hollis said in an interview with radio show Coast on Coast to Coast AM. And it appears that these beings have, in fact, been around throughout history, as descriptions of shadowy human-like figures have appeared in folklore dating back to ancient times. For example, the Quran mentions pitch-black sapient beings that aren't entirely spiritual or physical and people in ancient Europe reportedly believed that shadow beings desired blood and without it couldn't be reborn and in modern times reports from people claiming to have seen these people these beings themselves come from all over the world most of these shadow creatures appear through our periphery vision and people who see them are often unable to describe in detail the features of these mystical entities apart from their human-like forms and the occasional reports of fiery red eyes explained beyond science tv similarly in hollis book about shadow people titled the secret war she describes them as dark silhouettes with human shapes and profiles that flicker in and out of peripheral vision. <clears throat> but it appears that people have begun to see shadow people in more detail in recent times, 
perhaps because the beings are, for whatever horrifying reasons, making themselves seen more and more. People are beginning to see them straight on and for longer periods of time, explained Thodco on its website, which also notes the appearance of red eyes on the shadow beings being prevalent. There are, of course, many theories about what shadow people come from and whether or not they are even real. Skeptics note that seeing shadow people can simply be chalked up to sleep paralysis, which is straight up terrifying in its own right. I don't care how much people explain it away. Heightened emotional states or sleep deprivation as people who have experienced these psychological or um, physiological conditions have noted a correlation. Although, if I might add, it still doesn't fully explain why they are seeing the same creepy kind of thing, right? And of course, there's always the explanation that your peripheral vision is basically guaranteed to play tricks on you because it's designed to detect motion and movement, not detail. It's likely that you could make mountains out of molehills, or in this case, shadow people out of shadows, if you were in the right mindset. But then there are these paranormal theories, the ones that seem to resonate more with the people who have actually lived through terrifying encounters and feel strongly that the shadow people are more than just imaginary. Hollis, through her research and experience, apparently believes that shadow people are extraterrestrial in origin. In other words, they are aliens. Author and leading paranormal expert Rosemary Ellen Guiley appears to have had seen alien connection in this. She says, I discovered that many shadow people experiencers are also ET experiencers, especially abductees, Guiley told Psychology Today in an interview. So perhaps these beings are alien in origin, but others believe they may be ghosts, demons, or other kinds of interdimensional beings. According to Natalia Kuna, a psychic medium, shadow people are said to be conscious, intelligent, interdimensional beings that can shapeshift into various forms and figurations and move back and forth between dimensions. That sounds okay, right? But not so fast. Most reports on shadow people are overwhelmingly negative. Encounters with shadow people tend to be accompanied by a feeling of dread, according to many reports. And sorry, but the glowing red eyes are decidedly unchill. But there are allegedly different types of shadow beings, and some of them are non-threatening. Most of the time, though, it's just dark and scary stuff. Apparently, there's one type of shadow person that is said to be more demonic in nature, and that's known as the Hat Man. And it's reportedly seen wearing a top hat and a suit. Other times, shadow people have been reported to attempt a physical attack during sleep paralysis. Shadow people are sometimes discovered by a person who wakes up to find them trying to choke or suffocate them, said Hollis in an interview with Coast to Coast AM. Overall, I'm not feeling super great about the whole shadow person business, but I guess we have to live with the knowledge now. You can bet I'll be surrounding my bed with protective crystals, of course. And I think that we can all agree that we'll be feeling an extra twinge of fear the next time we see something slightly shadowy in our peripheral. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Our next guest on, Neil Parks, an award-winning paranormal author and researcher. Uh, we'll be opening up the phone lines at 844-687-7669. Again, toll-free at 844-687-7669. You'll listen to Jason JV, Beyond Reality Radio. We'll be back after this. It's Monday on the West, Tuesday on the East. Many of you are stuck somewhere in between. Welcome to Beyond Reality Radio with me, Jason Hawes, and the always awesome JV Johnson. So there's this there's this video that's gone viral on the Internet, um, and it uh, actually... 
I don't know if it's gone viral or not. But the other night when we were doing the program, of course, Jay, you know, I do a YouTube stream, and the um, people caught a, uh, a thing happening behind me that's kind of spooking me out a little bit. Are you talking the paper? No, 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 no. The paper, that, that thing is just because I have the heater blowing. But there, but there was this little um, white image that came out of the television that sits behind me, went into the little candle holder I have, then came back out and went off and did its own thing. Um, I've watched the video. It's uh, It comes out of me, according to some people. It actually comes from me to the TV, to the candle thing. There's been a lot of strange things that have come out of it. <laughs> well, I'm not going to argue yeah. that. But uh, it's a pretty interesting video, and uh, I haven't had time to really sit down and analyze it. It was from, like, last Wednesday night's show, I believe. Um, but a lot of people are talking about it. It's, it's pretty cool. I'm going to have to take a look at it. I'll have to check that out. Um, hey, has this daylight saving thing screwed you up? No, it hasn't at all, actually. My uh, it's my hours are so bizarre anyway that it, I don't even follow a clock half the time, so it doesn't matter too much. I truly don't feel like we need it anymore. I think we well, should just leave it leave it where it is now and just, just roll with it. There's a lot of people that believe that. Um, and, and if you look at the reasons that it was put into place, a lot of those reasons don't exist anymore. So I guess it might make sense to reexamine this at this yeah, point. The, you know, the, the whole fallback one is what screws me. Let me see, fall back. Yeah. yeah well, actually, that's, that one's not bad because you get an extra hour. Yeah, but it screws me up. It gets dark too early. And, <laughs> well, and everything else. It, it just, does. It does change change that for sure. It screws everything up. Yeah. I mean, there, there's we could go live, uh, you know, closer to the equator, and you'd have a longer day. I mean, oh, geez, you way. give me a 24 hour day. I, I'm sure I could fill it up. <laughs> or you go up to uh, uh, Alaska, parts of Alaska that don't see the sun for six months. That'd yeah, be an interesting right, thing. Yeah, that would suck. That would suck. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, so I, I, I think there's a lot of talk about that. There's a lot of. I know some states have uh, have decided to opt out of the changing of the time. Yeah. Well, Arizona, I guess, doesn't. Do I it think anyways. Indiana is another one. Yeah. I'm not well, certain. Anna, but Anna, I know that there was actually some something that Congress was trying to pass something about doing away with it, which is the only time I'll support a politician. Yeah, they'll screw everything else up, but I'll support them on uh, that. I tell you, they screw everything up. All right, so uh, we've got a, a completely different topic to occupy the second hour of the program tonight. Our guest uh, will be Neil Parks. Neil is a paranormal investigator and a researcher. Something he, I know stuff about. He's, this is awesome. He's been doing it for a long time. He's an award-winning paranormal author. And we're going to be talking about some of his books and some of his experiences. And Neil, welcome to be on Reality Radio. It's a pleasure to have you on tonight. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks it's for a coming real on. Pleasure. I like the overall feeling and the vibe of the show so far. Well, thanks. Um, glad to have you on. Tell us how you got your start and your interest in paranormal topics. <laughs> wow. Well, it began at a very early age with uh, something as simple as records you would buy at a yard sale with Vincent Price reading Edgar Allan Poe narrating it. So that got me into the macabre and to the supernatural and stories my grandmother told me when I was a very young child about uh, the back hills of Kentucky, and the mountain witches and strange lights in the sky and uh, cryptozoological type creatures that live in the woods. And those stories just stuck with me throughout my entire life and encountering things of my own that I couldn't explain that I really couldn't speak freely about because at that time in 1986 and, and even before that, you really couldn't speak openly about that type of phenomenon because no one really understood it or they would say that you worked for the Inquirer. At that time, it was all yellow journalism and just something funny you would see on a, on a fake newspaper. And my grandmother passed away in 2005, so... I took it upon myself to collect those stories that she told me and put them into a book to see if anyone else would be interested in hearing or reading those stories. Well, no, and no, no, five no, no, no. to six books later now, uh, people are still enjoying what I write. And that was a common thing, though. I mean, especially back in the 80s and so forth. Uh, you, if you talk about the paranormal, people, it was more, they, they mocked you, they made fun of you. And uh, it's only over the last, you know, 15, 20 years where it's really opened up and people have been more than willing to share their stories and, and stuff when it comes down to the paranormal. More and more people seem to be getting involved or being more open to the possibility of it. Completely. Uh, you know, a short while ago, there was this, this little show, I think it was called Ghost Hunters, that really opened the door for a lot of people. <laughs> well, 
Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, oh, that was you. No, I, I didn't that, listen to you the whole time. Anyway, <laughs> but no, and uh, it, that was the main that was the main focus of when we when we finally agreed to do Ghost Hunters because we turned down doing TV like five different times was the fact that somebody was going to do it and how were they going to portray the field and at least if we did it and we did it the way we've always looked at it we could try to make it where it wasn't such a taboo subject people were more willing to talk about it and uh and i think we did open the doors on that which uh you which really did, helped yeah. out a lot of people and so we accomplished what we were after you really helped with my book sales, too. I appreciate that. All right. Well, the mutual love at society here. Um, in all honesty, uh, Neil, if, if you were into the macabre before you were into the paranormal, um, there is a transition there that you must have gone through because there are a lot of horror movie fans that aren't necessarily paranormal fans and vice versa. What's the transition for you? Well, it's, I'm sort of an enigma because I love both Star Wars and Star Trek. And you're not supposed to, but I do. Uh, a lot of those things, I just sort of carved my own identity. And having an interest and a fascination with with horror, um, my spiritual life is what has drawn me more into the paranormal. Because uh, I've been very active and attached to my faith. And it's sort of become a part of my research and what I do and what I base it on. And as you started to learn more about the paranormal and you started to hear these stories from uh, your grandmother and you started to collect them, um, at what point did you start to decide that you were going to maybe research these as opposed to just tell the stories? At around the age of 11 and 12, I decided I wanted to start walking through and exploring abandoned homes, caving systems, uh, walking through the woods looking for Mothman or Bigfoot or, well, I never went as far south to where Chupacabra would be, but it was still fun to read about. Uh, things like that, fascinations with UFOs, the Twilight Zone, uh, sci-fi television with more UFOs and alien phenomenon, and then a new breath of life in 1993 when the X-Files launched and tied all of those things together in one show where you had uh, UFOlogy, serialology, cryptozoology, and uh, spirituality, spiritual warfare, so on and so forth. It just really kind of made it click for me at that time. Um, let's take a break right now before we get into some more details about the book and your work. Um, and then uh, we'll take your phone calls too at 844-687-7669. You listen to Jason and JV, Beyond Reality Radio. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the show. It's Beyond Reality Radio with Jason and JV. Our guest this hour, Neil Parks. Um, you can visit Neil at his website, parksparanormal.wixsite.com slash Neil. Neil, again, thanks for being here. Um, let's talk about your experiences as a paranormal investigator. Have, have you been doing that part of your work for a long time? I have, actually. Uh, for many years now, and I've been a guest speaker at different festivals and conventions. For example, the Mothman Festival, uh, the Mid-Ohio Paranormal Con, uh, speaking at libraries, schools, and uh, believe it or not, sometimes churches. Actually, JV and I were supposed to be at the Mothman Festival last year. We just didn't make it. That's right. Well, that's too bad. That would have been a great stop for you. You plan on making that anytime? We do. We we're hope hopefully we can make the next one, but we'll, yeah. we'll see how it goes. We're both we're both majorly interested in the Mothman story um, to begin with. Plus, we hear that's a great event. It really is. It's, a, it's grown at, at epic proportions. People from as far as Ireland, New Jersey, and Australia have come to it. Did you say Ireland, New Jersey, yeah, and Australia? Because one, of the, one of those is not like the other. It's... <laughs> Yeah, I like to mix it up a little. Yeah, you should. Yeah, Ireland, New Jersey, and Australia. And how many people do they usually get out there to that? Oh, a good weekend, normally about thirty to 40,000. Wow. Which generally is the population of Chillicothe, Ohio itself. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, you uh, mentioned giving the, your talk and, and addressing people in churches. Um, what is your opinion and how do you feel about the uh, view of the paranormal by most of uh, the religions, particularly Christian Christianity? Uh, a lot of Christians uh, don't know how to approach it adequately. Uh, they're scared of it. They're not informed enough about it they refuse to be informed about it and they're 
quick to cast stones at it without truly understanding the significance of the paranormal and spirituality within Christianity. I mean, there's nothing more paranormal or supernatural than the virgin birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Christ. And the the enigmatic creator itself, that being God. And obviously, he didn't tell us everything. So I, I rely on that, and when talking to people, they often bring that up. How can I believe in other alien races if I'm a Christian, or... How can I believe in ghosts if I believe in heaven and hell? And I also believe in purgatory. I believe in limbo. Um, water monsters. Exactly. And, yes. and that's and that's the thing. A lot of a lot of their teachings actually cover topics of the paranormal. So it it just it doesn't make any sense that they wouldn't have any belief in it or they'd be terrified of it. Precisely. I mean, it just it, it's sort of started more, I think, with the Church of England and with uh, settlers coming from Europe to here. Uh, it seemed to be a big shift in the church as a whole with the ideology itself when they moved from there to here and started setting up Puritanism, Quakerism, and then that stemmed into evangelicalism. Which is, again, crazy because in Ireland and places like that, they're very... They're, they've always been very open to the whole uh, paranormal. Oh, yeah. Very open to spirituality in Ireland, especially. The Highlands. But when they get over here, they sort of close that off? Uh, they're sort of forced to, to close it off when they come here. Uh, America really is just completely backwards on so many levels when it comes to um, art, culture, society, and spirituality. You have um, been doing this long enough that it clearly, uh, uh, well, I'm not saying clearly, it, it has affected your family life. Tell, talk to us about how this stresses your family life. Well, for a while, um, I had to walk away from writing, researching, doing any kind of investigation because I wasn't prioritizing adequately. So I really had to do some deep soul searching, um, evaluate what was most important to me, and figure out a way to mix the two without neglecting the other. So I was able to balance everything better by incorporating my family more into it. And my kids are all into it. Uh, my wife's always been a part of it, but she's more actively involved now. And I managed to cut a few toxic people out of my life, which uh, made the overall experience better for me in the end. And I think it's important to involve your family. Like my my children, they're they're all highly interested in the paranormal. My three daughters, my my older daughters, Samantha, Haley, and Satori. Satori investigates with the Taps Home Team. Haley's been involved in the paranormal. Uh, Samantha's still involved uh, very much in the paranormal. And I think that's important because you can also you can have a lot of that bonding time with your family while you're out doing this this other stuff as well. And I think that it's just it's greatly important when it comes down to that. And that's why I enjoy being able to bring my kids on the road and film with them while doing this as well. Oh, yeah. So being able to merge They're, that. Go yeah, especially with their reaction, a child's reaction when encountering something is priceless. Well, yeah, because they're, they, they're, it's not like they're born with fear of this. It's what's taught to them. It's what's taught to them during the time they're growing up. And if you've always been open with them and, and taught them that there's really nothing, not much to fear, not nothing to fear, but not much to fear when it comes down to this, um, I think it's, it's important because it, it really helps them in, in a lot of these areas. You know, like I always tell my kids, the real monsters and the real things to fear is mankind. Yeah, I, I tell everybody, I, you know, they say, don't go scary. No, I'm afraid of the living, not the dead. I mean, the living <laughs> the living are the ones that can yeah. cause you great pain and, and punishment. Precisely. All right, so we're going to um, take a break here in just a minute, um, and then we'll come back and continue talking with our guest, Neil Parks. Don't forget, we've got some great shows coming up on Beyond Reality Radio this week. In fact, tomorrow night, Isaac Arthur, who is a science communicator, will be with us to talk about physics, astronomy, space exploration, the Fermi paradox, and just general futurism. And, Jay, I have a feeling this is one of those that's going to make our heads hurt a little bit. Probably. And <laughs> Wednesday, Wednesday's going to make our heads hurt a little bit, though. We're going to be talking with Patricia Steer and Mark Sargent. Mark and Patricia are authors on the Flat Earth Theory, 
we'll be discussing their new documentary on Netflix called Behind the Curve. Now, if you haven't seen it and you have Netflix, check it out. It's an interesting show, and JV and I have mixed feelings on this. We talk about how, honestly, I think the way it was cut and edited sort of tried to push the whole idea that they were a little on off yeah mm-hmm. and you know i i think it should have just been an unbiased thing give us their opinion give us the evidence to support it either way and and go from there but yeah I don't know. but if you do get a chance to watch the documentary between now and having uh patricia and mark on the program wednesday night, i recommend it because uh we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that sh- that that film that documentary we will obviously talk about flat earth because we won't be able to avoid that with these two guests and not that we would want to uh but i really do want to get their take on the f- making of that film and what they thought of the aftermath so neil is the earth flat around um, I'm sorry, is there a what? Is, is there a <laughs> That's a good around? answer. <laughs> you got nothing. Um, I, believe, I believe fat bottom worlds, girls make the world go around. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's the answer we're looking for. <laughs> All right, so the phone number is 844-687-7669. We're going to take a quick break. A lot more to come. You're listening to Jason and JV, Beyond Reality Radio. We'll be back after this. Little Johnny Cash bumper music here on Beyond Reality Radio. Welcome back to the program. It's Jason and JV. Phone number is 844 844- Six eight seven seven six six nine. If you want to join our discussion, our guest this hour of the program is Neil Parks. Neil's a paranormal researcher, an investigator, and an author. He's written several books. And uh, Neil, the books, uh, the most recent book is Haunted Enough: Terrifying Tales to Tell Your Friends. Um, most of your books uh, are collections of stories that you've gathered from various sources um, to share with folks uh are they all paranormal are they legends what what do the uh, stories make up well the first three books i've written the first one is paranormal chronicles tells of humor horror and the absolutely strange and that one is a, a little bit of the stories my grandmother related to me as well as a couple from a few aunts and uncles along the way uh, a few people that have passed away unfortunately they are dedicated uh, the book is dedicated to them and their memory uh, other stories in it are experiences of my own and uh, some investigations that I've been on that turned out not to be so paranormal and uh, had a funny twist at the end. So I had a little fun with that book just to see how it would go. Uh, you know, sort of dipping my uh, my toe in the water of literary literary world to see if people would take me seriously as an author. And the second book... Haunted Chillicothe is all about Chillicothe, Ohio, where I live. It's Ohio's first capital and is actually one of the most um, haunted locations in South Central Ohio. Uh, The book has done very well locally, and believe it or not, a lot of people that have heard of me have ordered that book as well, uh, along with my more uh, nationally known books, and have enjoyed reading it as well. Uh, The third book is Haunted Holidays, uh, which is a collection of short stories of strange and unusual paranormal happenings between Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. And I tied in a lot of um, legend and myth into that, as well as more stories geared towards spirituality and miracles, uh, sort of like blessings from angels and whatnot and the most recent book that i've released uh, which is haunted enough uh, you'll notice there's a question mark at that title at the end of it uh, that was basically just a uh, realizing that this is not my final book haunted enough question mark uh, there will be something following that of course but my current book i'm working on is an actual novel not a compilation of short stories it's going to be a full-on chapter-by-chapter story um, written from just my mind and trying to tie in things from each book that I've written already as well as things that I've yet to write into an actual story setting and a group of characters. Now, do you also go back and research some old, well-known haunted-type cases and uh, see if you're able to figure out what truly happened in those locations as well? Or is it just mainly things you know, that in your area and, and stuff of that nature? Uh, you mean basically tackling a cold case myself to see if I can put it into it? Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, something like that I've not really tackled much of um, other than just taking stories and stories and legends from people like the Carnegie Library in Washington Courthouse. It's supposed to be a haunted library. And people that have worked there or people that have been there have relayed stories to me, and I basically came to um, an inconclusive conclusion in the end. I really couldn't put an end to it. It's just it's going to be a legend as long as that building stands. Uh, digging up any kind of, uh, I guess, a, a attempt from another researcher or group where they could not come up with a conclusion I've not really done any more or any better than anyone else uh, in that avenue. Okay. So with all, with all the investigations and uh, research and everything else you've done, what's the most unusual or the weirdest encounter that you've ever experienced? Oh, goodness. One of the weirdest would have to be a, uh, an area in southeast Ohio. Um, it's near Salt Fork Lake. It was a group of guys that were um, setting up trail cams in the area, and something kept getting past their property line and getting into their chickens and into a few of their smaller um, livestock animals. And they came to me because of a mutual friend we had, and they knew the type of research that I did and the stuff that I was posting on the Internet before I had ever written a book. Uh, people had been, a few select people had been following me online and they caught wind of me. Then they reached out to this mutual friend of ours who then contacted me and said they really wanted to talk to me about figuring out what is attacking their livestock because they set up trail cams and they want to set up a security system around their house that would allow lights to come on and the cameras to engage due to motion. And they bought this whole pack from Radio Shack. Now, granted, this was like the early 2000s, so that type of technology was relatively archaic compared to what we have now. But back then, you did you felt as if it wasn't going to get any better anytime soon. So they had this whole pack from Radio Shack. I set it up for them. Motion sensors, uh, the lights would come on when someone was in the area that they had these marked and set up, and the cameras were set up for night vision. And uh, we basically waited. So in the end, the conclusion that I came to, it was coyotes that were getting in and doing this. And the trail cams would show something big and hairy run past it to the right or to the left. And that's all you saw on the trail cam was something big and hairy. But then when uh, you had the surveillance footage picking out these coyotes in action, tearing these chickens apart, I'm like, well, gentlemen, what you have here is a group of coyotes that are coming in and doing this damage. You know, there's no Sasquatch here doing this. There's no werewolf. I'm sorry. I don't uh, have here what you're looking for. So a couple of days go by, and I am um, getting ready for bed late one night. And I get a phone call from a mutual friend, and he says, you're not going to believe what was on the news down there. I said, what? The guys that we know they went to the local media and said that you had video footage of a werewolf. So what they did was they turned around and tried to put a sensationalism spin on this, and they provided the footage of the big hairy creature running back and forth past the trail cam, but nothing really beyond that, nothing that we had from the actual footage of the coyotes in action tearing the chickens apart. So I contacted the media after we found out about this story and got my my own eyes on the uh, news segment that was on showing these guys talking about the werewolf creature they have in their backyard and that everyone should be on alert. Your children could be in danger. Your pets could be devoured. It was insane. So I contacted the news, told them exactly what it was that was there, that I had the video footage of the coyotes in action, tearing the chickens apart, that no one in that area is in danger. These guys are just making that up for attention. And they had to retract the story. And these guys are like branded scam artists and so forth. And I got a phone call from the main guy that was living on that property. He was the one they called Ah. And he said, if we ever catch you in this area again, we're going to make sure no one ever finds you. So 
I'm very selective about what I investigate now because of that. Well, and do you find that in most cases that you're able to debunk or figure out what's truly going on? It has nothing to do with the paranormal? I've been lucky in that aspect. Uh, there have been quite a few cases I've cracked where it's not anything more than just um, issues with vehicles driving by and reflecting off something in the house that casts what looks like a translucent light bouncing across the wall or interference with baby monitors. There's a lot of simple explanations to certain things when people get hypersensitive about it. And that's the thing. You do find that a lot of people, a lot of people are, they're not trying to be mischievous. They're, they just misunderstand what's, what's going on and you're able to help them out. But you do get those who try to be a little sneaky about it or who are living in hopes that the place is truly haunted or something really is going on. I mean, we've, we've even had guys, a guy build a speaker inside a wall trying to prove his house was haunted because he wanted to be on a show. So you do, you do get that and you need to look out for that. And, uh, you know, you see, you get the people who are attention seekers, but most of the time it's people just misunderstanding, correct? Uh, correct. Uh, there was one case, uh, I'll make this short, one case where, I proved that something was a haunted pertaining to this woman's house. She had been saying for years it was, and she even had um, TV shows like the show Sighting, something similar to that. That was interested in doing a walkthrough in her house and have a, a professional psychic there to communicate with whatever she said was there. Well, I did. She was at one time living here in my hometown, and I did a walkthrough. I went through with my small group. I checked everything out. I had a historian with me, a few other people that were experts in the field that were not directly affiliated with my group, and there was absolutely nothing in this house. There were things she had set up to make it look and feel and sound as if something was going on, uh, like she would talk about phantom odors all the time, and she had stuff set up in the uh, vent ducts to blast during certain parts of the walkthrough, that aroma, and I pulled the vent the uh, the vent off the side of the wall and found these little potpourri sashes and stuff set up there. And she was humiliated and angry, and then went to um, Amazon and completely blasted my book Haunted Chillicothe and Haunted Holidays as a means of revenge. Uh, let's jump to our phone lines here and try to grab a listener call. This is TJ from Rhode Island. Hey, TJ, welcome to the show. Hey, guys, thank you for taking the call. And I have a question for your guest because it always puzzles me whether it's the place or the personality that can determine a haunting. So my question is, for example, if someone went to Gettysburg to experience Confederate soldier afterlife activity, have you ever or have you ever heard of people who go there, may experience that, but then also get someone personally connected to them and unrelated to the local? Cal, or have they gone there experience, say, no Confederate activity, but only gotten someone connected to them personally? Well, Great I've question. been to Gettysburg a few times. Uh, it's really an amazing place, and that's interesting you brought that location up. Uh, that's been one that I refer to quite often when uh, speaking publicly. Uh, for example, location, person, personality. Uh, is it the location itself or the person itself that's haunted? Now, the battlefield of Gettysburg, for example, if you were to build a residential neighborhood on that battlefield, every single house would be haunted, not because of the house itself, but the property. So the person can act as a conduit when going in to a location like that and tap into existing energy frequencies, as I call it. So when they're there, they could feel somewhat of a personal attachment to it. Uh, say you're on the side where there were more Union soldiers and you were of a Confederate, um, a descendant of Confederates, or you were of a Southern background, that energy might somehow act as a positive negative to you, and you could have an adverse effect as a result of it because of the Confederate bloodline in you. I know it's a stretch, but that's a theory. It's a working theory, but that could explain a lot of my question was more, for example, locations. do they go there to see someone within the Confederacy or the Union, and then let's say their their long lost pet shows up instead, or with or in conjunction with with one of the local um, specters? 
as soon as um, a person shows up and then like a, a lost, a long lost loved one who died in the war shows up, is that what you're asking? No, no, someone who is personally connected to someone at this point in time, so that it would be the location and enables that to happen or is it yeah. the personalities of the people who died there stamped on the location that limits you only to seeing those people have you ever heard I of believe, that i believe that area to be strictly residual oh okay. and i i mainly you would go and things would completely act out what they did before um i myself have never experienced an intelligent haunt there I've only experienced residual. There are other people that would claim otherwise. I mean, it's interactive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think also what TJ's saying is, does the place emit enough energy where if somebody's going to this location in hopes of seeing one of these old old type spirits, um, but in return, while they're there, their own uh, loved one that might have just recently passed appears in front of them. Is it? Has that ever happened due to a place having enough energy to actually help fuel a situation like that? I would believe that to be entirely possible because you've got one yet or I had a chance to document that, it. That strong level of energy existing there already. I mean, it's entirely possible for something that is intelligent that recently passed that is attached to you to manifest through that existing level of electromagnetic energy because that's an existing field. Yeah, or near a high limestone deposit area that's giving off energy as well, able to mm-hmm. manifest itself due to the energy and or the circumstances being correct in that area. TJ, thank you for that great questions. Uh, we're just out of time. And, uh, Neil, we, we need to know where people can get a hold of the books. Uh, you can get the books through Amazon, of course. Uh, Goodreads or through Lulu.com, which is my publisher. And, of course, my links are on your website uh, where it has the description of what we were discussing tonight and who I am. Well, Neil, thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us. And we got to talk to you again at some point for a longer period of time. It was a real pleasure. I, I appreciate the invite. Thank you. You have a great night. What is this Lulu thing? I've heard this a couple times now. Lulu, is it new? It's, well, you Publisher go, direct yeah, it's kind Lulu, of thing. It's a press yeah. system. So gotcha. it's a nice little setup. Awesome. All right. So we're going to take a quick break, come back and wrap things up. You're listening to Jason JV, Beyond Reality Radio. We'll be back after this. Spiritcon New England, the fan convention for all things pop culture, horror, and paranormal, is almost here, June 7th through the 9th, at the Sheridan Hotel and Conference Center, Framingham, Massachusetts. Spiritcon brings an amazing group of celebrities, including Cassandra Peterson, you know her as Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, Elvira, Heather Langenkamp, Amanda Wiss, and Lisa Wilcox from the Nightmare on Elm Street films, plus a 40th anniversary cast reunion and screening of the cult classic Phantasm, Phantasm. and many more. Spiritcon also features panel discussions. Film screenings, great vendors, and parties. It's a weekend of fun from start to finish. For more information, visit Scaricon.com or check us out on Facebook. Use the promo code BRR at checkout to save 25% on your admission. That's Scaricon.com. Scaricon.com. Scaricon New England is being held June 7th through the 9th in Framingham, Massachusetts. Visit the website today. Use promo code BRR with your ticket purchase to save 25% on admission. Great bunch of shows coming up here on Beyond Reality Radio over the next few nights. Tomorrow night, Isaac Arthur is a science communicator. He'll be with us to talk about physics, astronomy, space exploration, the Fermi paradox, and just general futurism. Um, Again, that's all tomorrow night with Isaac Arthur. I was going to say that they need to change that song, Smoking in the Boys' Room. It's got to be like vaping in the boys' room. Vaping, uh, e-sicking in the boys' room. Just getting more up to date, I guess, right? (laughs) Right. And then Wednesday, we've got Patricia Steer and Mark Sargent on. Mark and Patricia are authors of The Flat Earth Theory. We're going to be also discussing their new documentary on Netflix called Behind the Curve. So make sure you check that out. It's, uh, It's interesting. And Thursday night, we've got Cheryl Lynn Darcy, who is a botanical explorer, a natural history author, and an artist. And she specializes in the study of floroethnobotany, which is the connection between us and flowers. It can be cultural, can be metaphysical, can be spiritual, can be medicinal, and so on. Uh, she does study all plants and can talk about just about anything that has to do with plants. Well, there you go. If you haven't yet, head over to Facebook.com slash Beyond Reality Radio. Like that Facebook page for us. 
then head to beyondrealityradio.com, check all our stations out, download the free smartphone apps, and a lot more. But that's going to pretty much do it for us uh, tonight. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. You listen to Jason and JV, Beyond Reality Radio. Catch you all tomorrow night. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Well, that's it for today. Hope you enjoyed the show for this week. Tune in next week for more of the same because I'm really fresh out of ideas. Not seriously. I'll be doing some uh, deep soul searching this week. Come up with a really good theme for next week. And I'll be taking a brief hiatus during the holiday season. After next week's episode, I will not be back until the second week in January. Because prioritizing is what it's all about. I put family first. And Thanksgiving and Christmas are uh, very important to me and my family time. And of course I'll be traveling a lot and visiting people and spending quality time. Because you never know, tomorrow could be the last day you see them. Keep those close to you closer than before. Keep watching the skies. Pay attention to those noises in the dark corners of your room could be something trying to tell you something or someone have a great night great rest of the week and tune in next time to paranormally speaking i'm neil parks